Hello and welcome to this IGCSE English Literature Poetry Podcast on Blessing by Imtiaz Darker. So, um, what is this poem about? Um, Well, it's about um, a sort of seemingly miraculous event in India. Um, So, um, in the dry season in India, the temperatures reach up to 40 degrees and there's no rain. So people suffer terribly um, with drought. Um, and this poem um, uh, depicts this miraculous event where in this, um, in this season of drought, suddenly um, a pie, pipe bursts in the slums um, and uh, bringing with it, obviously, um, sudden um, glut of water and people see this as a miraculous event and rush out to collect all the water so um, so that's what the poem is about um, on a literal level more symbolically it questions whether um, such a a sort of sudden random event can be perceived as a um, a miracle or a religious um gift from God. Um, So that takes us nicely into the um, ambiguities, the A of waft. Um, So so obviously from a positive perspective, um, this poem could be interpreted as a reflection um, of the uh, the gifts that God brings and how um, even when we think we're in times of hardship and suffering, God will provide for us, and if we um, if we have faith in God, He will bring um, bring miracles. And um, so that's one interpretation. Alternatively, from a more negative perspective, um, this is simply um, what is perceived as a blessing in the poem is simply a random chance event. Um, uh, and um, in fact, arguably, the bursting of the pipe is because it's not maintained and hasn't been kind of cared for in the slums. So, um, so you could argue that from a more negative perspective, um, that the poem's actually a comment on um, how people put faith in um, religion and take hope from um, from God when actually um, there is there is no religious provi- provision for them. There's just random kind of chance. Um, that uh, that brings about um, the events that happen. So, um, so make sure you've got that down in terms of your ambiguities. It's ambiguous whether we perceive the poem as a, a genuine positive reflection on um, faith and religion, um, or whether um, we perceive this as a kind of futile illusion. Um, this idea of religion. Um, so, uh, so next we need to think about the waft. Um, uh, the, sorry, the F in waft, the form and structure. Um, so um, as you may have noticed, the poem uses um, free verse, meaning that there's no fixed rhyme or rhythm. Um, and arguably, um, that use of free verse um, uh, reflects the unpredictability of the situation, that the water um, that suddenly uh, suddenly appears was unexpected. There's no um, order or control that the people have over it. And, and also, you might notice that there's extensive enjambment throughout the poem, i.e. the flowing on of lines. And that extensive enjambment, particularly between stanzas three and four, reflects the flowing of the water gushing from the pipe um, and, the, um, and the flow of energy of the people as they... Um, as they rush to kind of to celebrate and collect it, um, in the um, 
the in the early part of the poem the stanzas um quite sort of short um to reflect the sort of dried up nature of things in the um in the drought but when the water um occurs the stanzas become sort of more flowing with that enjambment um and obviously the title of the poem is blessings so this is the tea and waft um so that title immediately sets up a sense of um religious gratitude a blessing is something that is um given by God um, and uh, said as a source of protection. It's something that's said before a meal. So um, so that hints at the idea that this water is to be kind of gratefully received in the way that, um, that food is gratefully received. Um, so, so that title certainly sets up that that's how the people in the poem perceive the water. Um, however, linking into the ambiguities, um, we as the reader... Um, uh, don't have to perceive it in that way. We we ourselves might feel that um, that the idea that it's a blessing is just a um, an illusion from these people because they're in such a desperate situation. They need some sense of faith to cling on to. And um, so it's up to you whether you perceive that title as being a kind of genuine um, comment on uh, something that's given by God or um, a reflection of the sort of the naivety of faith that people in desperate situations have. And um, so we need to think about the sub-themes in the poem. So take your different coloured highlighters. And the first sub-theme um, is the suffering in the world. If you just want to put it in its short form, suffering in the world. If you want the full sub-theme, I would say that the poem depicts the suffering in the world through the imagery of drought and the desperation of for water. Okay, so that what's that's what makes it seem like they're suffering so badly is because of the imagery of drought and the desperation for water. Um, and I've given that subtheme yellow. Um, and then the second subtheme in its shorter form is the references to religion. Um, and creation. And um, if you want that in a longer form, I would say that. Excuse me. <coughs> I would say that the. Uh, that the poet uses references to religion and creation to suggest how the water is gratefully received and perceived as a gift from God. So make sure you've got that down as the second subtheme: references to religion and creation. Um, and I've given that subtheme pink. And then our third subtheme is the images of energy and brightness. That's how you could put it in its shorter form, images of energy and brightness. If you want it in its longer form, um, it's those images of energy and brightness depict the excitement, activity, celebration and hope of those who receive the water. Um, so the imagery of energy and brightness is to convey the reactions of those um uh, who received the water. So let's start with our first sub-theme, the idea of suffering um, in the world as a result of the drought. So um, so straight away um, in the opening line, as that's the first thing to highlight, um, we've got that simile, the skin cracks like a pod. Um, and that's uh, a sim that's an image of the skin um, could be both personifying the land um, or the earth and referencing the people who live there. Um, so it suggests that the um, the land um, has come to define its inhabitants. Um, and the simile cracks like a pod makes us imagine that both the land and the people are extremely dry um, and kind of, and, and, um, 
very much lacking in water and 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 the onomatopoeic verb cracks and um, emphasizes the painful destructive nature of the drought that um it makes us imagine um if your skin is cracking it's, it makes us imagine just how dry and stiff it is so and um, so it's a, an immediately a simile that suggests the sense of pain um however um the and um, the pod um is obviously a um something from which seeds come um and so um so that simile cracks like a pod could also suggest the potential for new life to come from the drought so even in the hopelessness um it implies that there's something um uh, there's some hope for a kind of a new beginning um when the rains hit so so even in the hopelessness and the suffering people haven't completely given up um uh their their hope for something better um and then line two um furthers the sense of the drought obviously it says there is never enough water and this is a very blunt um, declarative, and it's an end stop line as well. So, given that water is a necessary force for life, and um, that blunt neglect, negation, there's never enough water, um, uh, enacts the um, the sense of hopelessness um, uh, that there is. Um, it, it emphasizes the sense that there is um not enough to um to keep people alive um and obviously um that first stanza is so short um and the form enacts the semantics here because the shortness of the stanza reflects the lack of anything in this drought ridden environment um it emphasizes how there is um there is nothing there, um, which sets a very bleak tone for the opening of the poem. And, and then um, in the next stanza, um, it begins with that imperative imagine, imagine the drip of it, the small flash, a splash, sorry, echo in a tin mug. So um, that imperative is emphatically placed at the start of the, um, the second stanza to encourage the reader to empathise with the people's predicament. So um, by saying, imagine the drift of it, suggesting we can, it's encouraging us to empathise with the desperation for some sense of water. It's And um, that imperative imagine suggests that the thought of water is constantly preoccupying these people and taking um central place in their minds um, and we've got lots of onomatopoeic nouns in that section drip splash um, and those onomatopoeic nouns um along with the sibilance small splash um kind of allows us to um to hear the um the imagined water um, and it emphasizes how and the people are so desperate for water that they are um they are imagining it extremely vividly even in tiny forms drip and splash are very little bits of water and so um those onomatopoeic nouns emphasize their desperation for even the tiniest amount of water and um, and um, and obviously um they imagine it echoing in a tin mug. So obviously the image of a tin mug is something um, very sort of basic and simplistic, um, but it's all that these people would have to catch the water. So, um, so it emphasizes the, um, the hardship that they are experiencing. Um, and obviously we've got very onomatopoeic nouns 
um, sorry, onomatopoeic language here, the drip, small splash, echo, tin mug, most of those are onomatopoeic, are, um, monosyllabic words. Um, and those monosyllabic words, I would say, reflect the very basic nature of the existence of these people in this drought, that they've got so little left, they've got so little um, that they can survive on, they're kind of reduced to, to their most basic means. And um, So make sure you've got all that down for the first sub-theme, the suffering in the world. And then um, we want to move on to our second sub-theme, which is the references to religion. So um, at the end of the second stanza, the um, a metaphor at the water being the voice of a kindly God is used. And obviously that metaphor um, makes us imagine that the people align the water with something holy um, and um, and something kind of precious and miraculous. And um, and that every time they hear water, they think that it kind of comes from God. Um, and obviously the adverb kindly suggests that that um, God that they imagine being associated with the water is a benevolent force. It's a, a life-giving force. Um, obviously, um, we as the reader might um, might see that as quite ironic, given that, um, you know, that God kind of hasn't hasn't provided these people with um with any rains and and they're living this kind of uh this difficult existence we as the reader might see that as kind of wishful thinking um on the part of the people that they've got nothing else to believe in so they cling on to hope for religion um alternatively you could say that um it emphasizes that even in times of hardship, you can't give up faith. You have to keep believing that God will provide for you. And um, then in line um, seven, in the start of the next stanza, we get a volta signaled by the temporal adverb sometimes. Um, and um, and obviously, um, this is a, a volta because um, it's signaling that just on occasions, um, water appears Um but obviously the adverb sometimes suggests that um, this is not a um, an occurrence that can be predicted or can be assured. So it's makes so that adverb sometimes makes it seem random um, and uncontrollable when the water occurs. And um when the water occurs, it's described as a sudden rush of fortune and the municipal pipe bursts. So those verbs, um, sorry, actually rush is a noun. So the noun rush and the verb bursts and crashes make this moment of the pipe breaking and the water um, appearing seem very sudden and dramatic um, uh, and um, and emphasise the intensity of it in contrast to the, um, to the sort of uh, lack of anything in the first stanza and and um, you might notice that you've got nouns connoting um money and value here sudden rush of fortune silver crashes to the ground so the nouns um fortune and silver and um, emphasize how this moment of the water arriving seems like a sudden um arrival of treasure or something valuable um so it suggests that um that this can this water is perceived as having um a kind of monetary value and a, um, a sort of a, 
it's it's perceived as kind of like treasure for these these poor thirsty people um and obviously we've got the lots of enjambment in this third stanza um uh, none of these uh, lines are end stopped it's all kind of enjambment sudden rush of fortune the municipal pipe burst silver crashes it all runs on and that enjambment um reinforces the sense of um of speed and kind of the sudden flow of the water when the pipe bursts um and you've got that um, alliteration as well. The um, the flow is found, so that alliteration um, kind of reinforces the sense of um, uh, of the sort of the elegance to the water. Um, it's um, the way that it's kind of cascading um, forward. And um, it's also worth pointing out that um, that uh, when it's described as being a sudden rush of fortune, um, sorry to just go back a little bit there, um, that the um, the fortune has dual semantics. So it's got connotations of money, but it's also got connotations of luck. Um, so it's emphasised as something lucky, which um, again um, could be perceived as a miracle, but there's a sort of an irony that the lucky thing is something that's breaking and and hasn't been repaired so perhaps that is more of a comment on um the lack of concern that's actually been shown to this poor area um so um obviously um uh, when there's when it when the water comes out, it also crashes to the ground, and you've got that onomatopoeic verb crashes that emphasizes the um the power and the force to the water um and makes it seem kind of uh, it emphasizes the immensity of it that there's so much water that it seems to have a weight to it um and um it, and it when it talks about it. Um, coming out it says the flow has found a roar of tongues so the noun roar um obviously suggests um a sort of a deafening kind of cry of voices um it has a has connotations of obviously of animals um so it suggests that the people who receive the water aren't forming words they're simply howling their appreciation for this miracle um uh, in a sort of almost deafening fashion um and it um obviously raw and um, here is used as um as a single noun a roar of tongues so it suggests kind of all the noise is almost kind of unified in one just grateful um huge sound of all the people um who are united by the this happy moment of water occurring and um it's made uh uh, implicitly or explicitly even religious um because these people are described as a congregation um and the noun congregation obviously um suggests a gathering of a um religious community usually um associated with a church so um so therefore um this noun implies that uh, these people see this moment as a religious gathering that unifies them to worship um, what God has brought them and to celebrate this miracle, um, which, again, you could perceive as ironic because um, actually there's no organised religion here. It's just a, a moment of randomness. So you could argue that um, them becoming a congregation um, suggests actually that um, a sort of bleakness to organised religion, that organised religion hasn't managed to provide for these people. All that's provided for them is a kind of lucky moment of chance. Um, 
And then the final thing to highlight for this um, sub-theme is the um, the final two lines of the poem. Um, the blessing sings over their small bones. So obviously you've got the eponymous noun blessing here to describe the water. Um, and, um, and that makes it seem... Um, again, like something that's been received by from God, a gift that God has brought, um, and and um, and the personification of its singing, um, uh, obviously singing usually connotes kind of joy and celebration, particularly in church where you sing to show the kind of celebration of God. So that personification um, reminds us of the um, the sense that they are um, sort of celebrating what God has brought them, um, and. Um, and the and that it's it's like a moment of worship, um, and um, obviously it's described as singing over the small bones of the children. So the um, the small bones um, is an image of the children's kind of dryness and and vulnerability, um, and so the and um, so that metaphor suggests the. Um, you know the way that it provides the relief for these children, um, but. Obviously, the small bones of the children um, is a symbol of those who are innocent um, and those who are undeserving of suffering. So whilst you could take this as a very um, optimistic ending that God will always provide for the innocent, you could also take it as quite a pessimistic ending that um, the only um, hope that the innocent children have comes from this random chance um, encounter and that they um, are desperate to see some religious meaning in that but it's purely arbitrary so make sure you've got that down as a kind of um as the ambiguity of the ending of the poem um, and then our final sub theme is the images of energy and brightness um so the first thing to highlight um for uh, for this Subtheme um, is in lines um, 12 to 13, where it says, Every man, woman, child for streets around. Um, and that triadic structure emphasizes that um, uh, so many people um, immediately emerge, um, and there's a, an immense amount of energy in the response to the. Um, uh, to the water, and um, you might have noticed that, um, or you might not, um, that the poet hasn't used commas in this triadic structure, which normally it would be, um, you would be expecting to use them to separate the, the nouns in the triadic structure. But um, but the absence of commas here emphasizes the speed with which um, everybody emerges to um, to receive the water that. Um, that there's no hesitation. It emphasizes that the people kind of flow out onto the streets in the same way that the water does. Um, so it emphasizes their energy. Um, and um, in lines 14 to 17, um, you've got um, uh, several sort of more images that suggest the kind of the energy and the chaos. So you've got the verb phrase butts in um, and the adjective and noun frantic hands. Um, and uh, that verb phrase and adjective and noun suggest about the um, uh, the sort of the chaos and the desperation um, uh, of those who are responding and how they and um, they have to put in um, kind of all their energy to to gather this water um, sort of briefly whilst they can um, and and um, 
the adjective and noun kind of frantic, frantic hands suggests they've just been reduced to the um the parts of the body that they can use um and you've also got the listing of random items pots brass copper aluminum aluminum sorry uh, plastic buckets um and that asyndetic list of random items suggests that and um, the sense of kind of energy and desperation to um to find anything in which they can put the water um so it makes it seem very um disorganized but also very excited um to kind of capture the water whilst they can and um, there's no order um, or structure to this moment um, and um, you could argue that that's um, kind of quite a positive image of sort of the happy chaos but you could also argue that it's kind of quite a bleak image of people who are so desperate that they just need to gather anything um, because they know how brief and fleeting this moment will be um, and we get this um, this metaphor um, in the next stanza of the water being liquid sun um, in which naked children are screaming. So, um, so the image of the water as liquid sun um, makes it seem very um, kind of shining and bright and beautiful. Obviously, um, the sun is. Um, a life force that we need, but so is water, and so the and the image of the image of the liquid sun suggests the kind of the perfect blend of life forces that seems to have come together here, and and it um, it makes it seem uh, like this. Um, this incredibly beautiful thing um, and the naked children are obviously literal um, they're literally playing in the water and kind of happy and excited by it but we can also interpret the naked naked children um, as an image of vulnerability and innocence um, that they are kind of unprotected and all they have um, is the water so um so, that, so you could say say that that's quite a positive image, and the naked children in the uh, liquid sun. That 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 metaphor kind of emphasizes how the water seems to provide relief and um uh, and positivity for these vulnerable children. But you could also argue that um that that's quite a sad image because um whilst it relieves their dry and cracked skin, um it's it doesn't seem like much in the big scheme of things. It doesn't seem like they've been provided with any kind of genuine sources of um, of hope um, that's going to last into the future. Um, and in lines 20 to 21, we've got more images of light and brightness. And um, so their highlights polished to perfection, flashing lights. Um, so, um, so you could um, argue that the um, verb phrase polished to perfection um, uh, completely contrasts to the opening line of the poem, um, which was obviously cracks like a pod. So that um, contrast emphasizes how the water has made um, the children's skin um, kind of glossy and shiny and beautiful as opposed to dry and um uh and kind of painful um and arguably the um uh, the alliteration of the p sound here polished to perfection emphasizes the kind of the glossy shining nature of the children's skin um because the imagine obviously that the sun is kind of sparkling off their wet bodies and creating kind of flashes of light um so uh, so that image of them being polished to perfection makes them seem almost like jewels um sort of shining um which links in earlier with fort earlier we had fortune and silver so it adds to the sort of semantic feel 
field field of value and wealth that this water seems like something um uh, that's of great value and um, and you've also got um the light imagery and um kind of highlights um and flashing light and light is obviously typically um a symbol of uh, of hope um and uh, particularly obviously um with Jesus saying you know I am the light for example um it's it's emphasizes emphasizes uh, it's uh, emphasizes the idea of something holy um and glorious so you could argue that the light imagery um emphasizes the sort of the holiness of the gift um from god but also if you wanted to go with the more bleak reading of the poem um light is something um very transient and fleeting meaning that it doesn't last very long it's quickly um it's quickly over it's quickly finished um and therefore from a bleaker perspective this moment of seeming kind of miraculous gift from God um, is not going to be long lasting. It's um, uh, so arguably the light imagery suggests the the brief, completing nature of this supposed miracle. Um, so obviously, in terms of personal responses and deeper meaning, um, a lot of that's going to depend on whether you read the poem um, from the positive, um, uplifting perspective or the kind of bleaker, more negative one. So um, from a positive perspective, you could say the poem prompts us to recognise um, that uh, we should be grateful to gifts from God um, and that um, God will provide for us in moments of hardship, even when we're not expecting it. Um, we might say we're we're prompted to be grateful for um, for everything we have and to recognise um, uh, that there are those in the world who are suffering far more than us. Um, we're prompted to recognise that um, we don't necessarily need great wealth um, or fortune. That actually small um small necessities can uh, seem like great fortune um uh, when you're living a difficult life so we could argue that we've got lots of positive um messages that we can take from the poem but um from a more negative perspective you could argue that the poem prompts us to recognize that um those who have nothing will cling on to faith and religious hope um as a um a source of meaning because they've got nothing else and you might prompt you might say that the poem prompts us to recognize um how little those um in uh, situations of hardship are really cared for um or provided for by humanity and how they're they're simply reliant on kind of random events to stay alive um and we might say we're prompted to recognize that um that the faith in religion um means that uh, these people don't look to um uh, to more realistic sources to to change their lives or other people don't um, don't come to help them so we could say that the poem gives us quite a bleak view of a, um, a community in hardship that have no um, protection from by other human beings or um, kind of human forces in the world and are reliant on a um, a very kind of fragile faith so um obviously whichever interpretation you go for um your personal responses are going to be very much governed by that um so thank you for listening to this um podcast i hope you found that as a useful insight into the poem blessing and please do join me for another podcast soon thank you <laughs>